hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Salatcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by Ollie Warner, just a couple of days away from Christmas now. Have you opened up your tin of Christmas chocolates yet, Ollie? We don't actually have a tin of Christmas what? chocolates, but we've got a, a wide selection of cake and oh, nice. crisps and all sorts of other things, but yeah, not so many chocolates, but um, yeah, no, looking forward to Christmas now, should, should be good, and obviously Boxing Day. Yeah, it should be good. And obviously we are about to talk about, you know, another good game, another good win for Shrewsbury Town and that sort of lead up to Christmas has been fantastic so far, hasn't it? I think it's really good to win that last game before the Christmas break, isn't it? Um, it kind of gives you that sort of little buzz for, for what's to come, I suppose, after you've actually had a nice Christmas day. Yeah, it definitely builds nicely into the Boxing Day game and yeah, it makes you think that you know there's definitely we can get something from this. Mm. Um, yeah, it's obviously the drawing at Oxford a drawing, um, and then obviously beating Coventry at home in the 90th minute. And then obviously get another win. So yeah, two um, two wins back to back is um, is fantastic. First time this season, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously a very enjoyable away win as well, which we're going to talk about at Blackpool. Yeah. But um, there we go. So it's been the shortest day today, Ollie. It's, uh, I it was has. telling you, it was, we we did sit by each other at Blackpool, and I was telling you it was the winter solstice yesterday, wasn't I? But <laughs> as usual with things, Ollie, I was completely wrong. But yeah, yeah, the day sort of flies by when it's this kind of this kind of short days, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. It's it's been nice. I, I'm looking at the agenda, Ollie. You've you've got Troy Deeney stat. You've got one of your amazing stats, have you? Yeah. So <laughs> I was um, washing the cars. Um, just <laughs> felt like Sorry. I needed to do something. Yeah, put the Christmas tree lights out, and um, I was listening to Five Live, and they said a stat that just I think it's just too good not to share. Okay. So, of the last four home games that Troy Deeney has played, he has played under four different managers. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty mental, isn't it, to be yeah. fair? Watford are shambles, aren't they, with managers? Yeah. But Jesus they won Christ. today, which is quite funny. De Gea made an... A- He's on £375,000 a week, and yeah. he made an absolute mare. But anyway... Yeah, no one's made more mistakes than him in the Premiership, have they? That led no. to goals. And I remember a couple of years ago, it was Mignolet had that record, and basically they hand, everyone handed him out of Liverpool, didn't they? So yeah. can't see the same thing happening to De Gea. But yeah, it's been it's been an interesting thing with Liverpool and the World Club Cup final. There's been a lot of football yeah. happening this weekend, but um, I'm not too bothered about any of that, Ollie. I'm no. bothered about what was a fantastic win up on the coast in Blackpool in what was quite nice weather considering the yeah. time of the year. So yeah, mate, let's talk about our trip to Blackpool. Cole, good ball through, the chance for 3 2. Pike goes around the keeper, and he scores! So yeah, the one result this week was a, a fantastic away victory, as we said, to uh, Blackpool, who, are, who have been pretty good at home this season, um, in front of 7,695. Quite unusual to see a crowd in Bloomfield Road compared to the last few seasons we've been there, Ollie. And yeah, Faye scored on the 56-minute penalty to get us a 1-0 win. And it was one of those games, Ollie, wasn't it, where um, we actually sat by each other. It doesn't happen yeah. every week. People might think it does, but um, due, due to the fact that we kind of maybe dovetail on games where I can't make one, you go, and, and the other way around, just so we've got it covered on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, I went up early doors. Um, I think we left about 10 and, and got up there at lunchtime-ish and me and the lad Rory went up to the arcades, had a bit of a, a bit of a gamble on the 2P machines and some fish and chips. And to be fair, Ollie, the weather was so nice up there, sort of mid-afternoon, that we bought some chips and we took them onto the prom, sat out on the sort of the, the benches out there and got attacked by seagulls. But considering, to say, it was the 20, what was it, 21st of December, you, not many chances to go and sit out on, on the front in Blackpool and eat fish and chips then, is there? So that was lovely. And then we met you at the ground, didn't we? Yep, yeah, I, I set off. Um, with minimal time to spare, got yeah. into the ground just before kickoff. Got a nice steak pie, um, which Ooh, was nice. good. And yeah, obviously Rory was um, full of sugar and full of <laughs> very excited to be at the football. And yeah, it's funny. I was looking at the obviously you do as a as a football fan who goes to a lot of games, checking the weather apps, and it said it's like three degrees. And I just thought, oh, I'm not going to wear thermals or anything like that. And yeah, the weather was good. And obviously the the, the result and the win and the celebration and the goals um, gave you kept you warm throughout the game but um, yeah it, it was a it was a good one so in terms just, of on, sorry on that Ali, we should just say as well that, I mean we'll talk about atmosphere as we go through but you could you could tell in the build up it was going to be a good away day you yeah. had a load of blokes coming in fancy dress there was a really buoyant atmosphere I think obviously off the yeah. back of beating Coventry and, and then a few one people of the, have been drinking a bit I think it's fair to say as well yeah, yeah I think I think it always helps in Blackpool doesn't it and I think it was also really good that this guy dressed as Santa Claus came in with his little boy or, or a little lad with him who was dressed as an elf with a bag of sweets handing them out to all the kids which was really nice and then he sort of stood up not far from where we were and, and we should just say the press were right in with the fans obviously anyone 
listen to it on the radio. And it was just a real kind of nice Christmas atmosphere, kind of yeah. seeing people you know. And we had a chat to some of the guys in the press we know and other fans that we knew. And it was it, even pre-match, it was a it was a good day out. I thought, regardless of what the result was going to be. So it's always that cherry on the top when you get that win. But just just to say, really, it was a fantastic day out. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And actually, just kind of just reminding me, we should mention obviously when people have been to away games at Blackpool recently, we we all used to be behind the goal, and now we're kind of by the um, place on the other stand. Um, which was, was empty when we came yeah. before, yeah. And, and the ground has been tidied up a little bit, like they've repainted uh, what was looked like mould growing all over the white walls and stuff. So <laughs> it does look a bit better. Apart from I was a bit annoyed that I walked all the way around the ground, like a full 360 of the ground, because um, yes, I didn't realise we were in that end now. So, yeah, I got a few steps in after being in the car, at least. Yeah, and, and you know, again, we'll get to it in a minute, but you know, the vibe at Blackpool for the home fans is also very different, isn't yeah. it, Ollie? You know, they've got their club back. There's a few banners around the, the ground that say that now. And, you know, where we used to sit it seems to have been where all their singers or maybe the ones that were boycotting that stayed away have now all gone to. And let's give Blackpool fans some credit. They were pretty vo- vocal, pretty boisterous. Yeah. It was a good game if you want to go and have an atmosphere as well. And, and regardless of how good the town fans did, it was just... um. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of good things about it as an away day. Yeah, no, I t- totally agree. No, it was definitely yeah. good. And um, in terms of putting our win into context, Blackpool are undefeated since October, mid-October. Were. Yeah, <laughs> were. Um, so going into the game, that yeah, they hadn't been defeated since October, Amazing. which is quite impressive. Before the game kicked off, um, there was a minute applause um, for Tom White, who's a, mm-hmm. a Blackpool legend. Um, and yeah, as we've mentioned already, um, it was back-to-back wins for Shrewsbury and, and another clean sheet. Yeah, I, I meant to write down, I, we, as we are in the stats section, I meant to write down how many clean sheets it is now. I was listening to the radio on the way home and, and they were doing the post-match stuff and Lewis went on Radio Shropshire and he was talking about how many it's been. And it is something ridiculous, isn't it? It's almost half the games we've played this season we've kept clean sheets in, which is tremendous. And, and we're currently on course to chase down that Dean Henderson clean sheet record in the Hurst season. Um, I think we might be slightly outperforming it at this point in the season, Ollie, which is taking some doing. But yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about defence and goalkeeper in a bit as we go through this game, but it is a, it is a fantastically good record to be proud of our clean sheet record yeah no definitely and the team works well from front to back definitely um, yeah. and what was the team so um, O'Leary in goal um, Beckles came in which was a bit of a surprise and mm-hmm. kind of shifted the whole back line across so Ebanks um, was playing on the right and Pierre in the middle and Beckles on the left side Love and Goldborn uh, wing backs we saw um, um, Walker start we haven't seen Walker yep. start in the league for a while um, Lawrence um, and then Edwards I'm struggling to kind of say where Edwards is playing because when he was defended he was kind of on the left side of the midfield three but then he did have licence to put forward and then Wally was kind of going where he wanted with Faye yep. up front I think that's yeah. fair, fair description it was the, the front three were sort of very not interchangeable but definitely quite fluid and um You've got to say, Dave Edwards, his position, if you could describe it as, a, as an adjective, it was all action because he was everywhere back and forward, I thought, to be honest with you. Um, but we'll, we'll come to how that shook out as the game went on. I, I must just mention that back three. I, I think for me, I like that. I like that back three, the balance and the positions they take maybe more than any of the others we've had this season. I, I think it looks very, very balanced. But um, I don't know. It's, it's difficult, isn't it, with Williams because he's also playing well. But for me, I, I'm, I am starting to favour that as my back three. Um I'd necessarily probably have Williams in there, but I think yep. for a game where there was going to be a lot of aerial balls, yep. Um, yep. I think maybe, I don't know, obviously we only can only assume and make guesses, but I assume the fact that there was going to be a lot of long balls, um, and that, that's, no, that's no detriment to Blackpool, you know, they're a good no, team, no. Um, but they have got a really tall striker, um, and they get the balls forward and they get their full-backs forward and cross the ball, so I think maybe Beckles played and trying to help with that um, aerial threat definitely and, and you give Ricketts credit you know that's selecting your team for the opposition you're going to face you know with the with the best chance of keeping them quiet and he was he was tricky the guy up front for them yeah. um, it was absolutely humongous and you know leaving Pierre and Ebanks Landell and, and even Beckles if he dropped onto him as a more physical threat nothing against Williams but you know there'll be games where we're playing against teams with a bit more pace and maybe I wouldn't favour those three there I think I'd want Williams back in to have that covering pace so yeah I think that Ricketts is, is doing we wondered what would happen with the centre-back a few weeks ago didn't we but it does seem that Ricketts is studied enough to think which three will be the best for the opposition we're coming up against and he won't worry about recycling rotating people in and out for those reasons he will do what's best what he thinks is best for the team and if it keeps producing results like he did on Saturday you've got to, you've got to say fair play yeah no it's definitely mm. a good, a good right. setup. up um, and then Certainly. obviously Norburn was out suspended yeah 
And that meant that, that, that Dave Edwards was skipper, which I thought was glorious, to be honest with you, Ollie. You know, the, the story of him coming back um, has been great, and we've followed all the way through. His form has dramatically picked up in the last, you know, four to five weeks. He's been one of our better midfielders, Ollie. I think that's fair to say. And for, for, the, for the hometown boy, um, from, you know, wherever he is, Crosshouses, Ponsbury, out that way, played for us as a youth lad, went away, had an amazing career internationally as well. He's come back to football club. For him to, to captain us in a league game, which I believe is the first time it's happened because I don't think Norburn's been suspended before, I just thought it was great. It was just good for the club. And, and, and as we'll get to at the end, he seemed to enjoy that victory very, very much in the celebrations. And, and I think as captain, it would have meant a little bit more to him maybe. Yeah, potentially. I think it was good to see that the whole team was really celebrating in front of the fans. Um, we both, both posted some good, nice videos and the club did as well. Um, yep. but I think it was really, I think it was testament to how close they are as a team um, that you know they're all celebrating. I remember I can remember Goss, who only, obviously was only a substitute for this game, um, looked mm-hmm. really really chuffed and was um, patting all of the players on their back. So definitely looked like a, t- a tight knit group. Yeah, and it shows you that you know Norburn's supposedly one of the the be- the key parts of this team. Well, not supposedly he is one of the key parts of this team for Sam Ricketts, but we didn't. He wasn't like it stood out that we were missing one of our you know key midfielders because there is that strength in depth in midfield like we've talked about. You know, start of the season they were all injured, weren't they? But now we've got a huge amount of midfielders that can all slot in and and Walker played you know. A game that was was good and you couldn't really com- complain about it. And, it and it's funny isn't it the competition for places is, is fantastic in midfield yeah. now and you know we'll, again we'll get to it as we go through but Norburn well you know it will probably come back into the team but there's a good argument for him not to on the yeah. evidence of that performance so, short yeah, we'll turnaround though I guess to Boxing Day um, it's good to have yeah. also um, I think it's fair to say obviously in terms of midfield strength as well Thompson was back on the subs bench so that's yeah, good to yeah, see yeah exactly yeah no, it's good. Good, and that strength, yeah, I think the strength is starting to pay off for us, isn't it, really, as, as this season goes on and we get more and more games. So um, there we go. We'll, we'll go into the game, Ollie. Uh, as I say, we, we got our seats, sat down, and the noise noise cranked up a couple of gears, didn't it? And um, Especially after that minute's silence. And, and yeah, what what do you make of the start? Um, I'd say it was, I don't know how to just put it, I'd say Blackpool probably started <laughs> better, did a bit more of the yep. ball. Um, first chance came from a, a quick corner which caught Shrewsbury out. Um, and better finishing could have... Could have saw them. Could have saw them score because yeah, they got they got in a good position to try and take a chance. But um, yeah, not the best. The best mm. finishing, and then there was probably then next was probably the not too long after it was probably the best chance. Um, one of the best chances they had, and forced O'Leary to the one save of the game, um, where a player, the fullback, dived in front of Beckles to try and get a free kick. The referee waved it on. Um, but Blackpool came back at Shrewsbury, um, and then there was that s- header um, straight at um, yeah. O'Leary, and a superb save. It was a really, really good reaction save to um, to to push the ball um, over the over the crossbar. It was, and 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 I watched that back this morning. And actually, if you look at it, the ball into their big striker is actually a, a sort of pass along the ground and Ebanks Landell does really well to get a toe onto it and he balloons it up then to force the striker to head the ball which yeah. I think makes it a harder chance and, and Max does a really good save the, the, keep, the, the striker does really well actually to, to get a header on target but he is huge but I do think it would have probably been a tap in if, if you look at it it would have been a tap in with his feet if um, Ebanks hadn't got to the ball as well so again credit you know that's the sort of defensive performances we saw really on Saturday but great save and, and it really it was that early chance was after about a minute and a half, and then that other chance wasn't too long into the game. And the Blackpool fans were definitely really noisy. They were really behind their team, and and he did start to worry in that opening period whether it was just going to be a bit bit too much for Town. You know, we we coughed up a couple of chances. We hadn't looked much going forward, Ollie. In all in all honesty, and their crowd was right behind it. Um, and I thought that next period of play after that was was really good for Town because they got into the game a little bit more. And they they started to shut the Blackpool crowd up, and I thought that really helped change the sort of swing of the game um, in terms of the, the way that the town were playing, and also that the sort of vocal backing did drift away from Blackpool a little bit. And um, it's always good when you kind of shut a vocal crowd up a little bit, isn't it? It shows you're doing all right. Yeah, definitely. At this point, we were trying to figure out how Blackpool was playing <laughs> yeah, because but... they're so attacking. So they kind of played they played a four three three, but. Quite a narrow four-three-three. We're basically yeah. sitting, um, we're spearing sitting as a defensive midfielder. Their fullbacks really, really push on, but they don't really play with genuine wingers, do they? They kind of play with three forwards, yep. uh, and they're all moving around and they're flu- they're very fluid, uh, yep. and they run around to all different angles. So it was quite hard to track. But Shrewsbury did really, really well um, to kind of keep their defenses solidity. We had to let their fullbacks have the ball a bit. And um, because obviously you know you can't track everything, and you have to kind of keep in a in a block. Um, but yeah, you're totally right, Glenn. Um, we kind of saw at that first passage, um, mm. and then we come. Then we could what you could describe as the love show. 
Um, yeah. Because, um, yeah, uh, I think if you were redoing the stats, I don't think you would put um, love a, a really high finishing or long shot um, ratio of stats, sorry. Um, yeah. Because he had three chances and, and bless him, probably there was one which was close, but two of them were not so good. So what happened? <laughs> um, Goldborn crossed the ball and then it comes to love and he fires and fires, um, fires wide. And then um, then Faye gets fouled and there's a free kick is cleared. Um, and then um, Love fires over. Um, and then there's another goalborn cross. Um, and then Love shoots wide and it goes onto a Blackpool head. Um, mm. But out of all those chances, I think it's fair to say the first one was probably the best. And he really yes. should have got that on target. It was it basically, you could have just side-footed it into the back of the net. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. inside the box as well. Yeah, it was. And it dribbled wide, really. Yeah. Didn't even have too much pace behind it. It was a, it was a really good chance. Uh, the keeper looked really suspect. An- Anwick, wasn't it? An- Anwick? Anwick, I think it is. He's, he's played at a high level, but um, he, he didn't look much cop with with a punch. And um, yeah, that was probably the best chance. He had, and then the second one was a volley, won it from outside the area, yeah. which he did catch quite nicely, but it didn't dip it anywhere near enough. And you're right, the third one... <laughs> Was a shot that was onto a defender's head, but was almost certainly going out for a throw-in. Oh, so like, we probably would have gone halfway between the corner flag and the, and the post. <laughs> so I think after his third shot, he thought, "I better knock this on the head, lads," and uh, probably probably give shooting a miss today. But um, he's not he's not unconfident enough to have a crack, is he? No. And, and obviously, that's an instruction for him when he gets into those positions. You know, we maybe a little bit different from the start of the season. We weren't seeing him have too many shots from distance, and you could probably say the same for all all the all the sort of fullbacks. I mean. We had Giles' opening day goal, didn't we? Which was an absolute rocket. But after that, you know, I don't think the fullbacks would take too many shots. But if you look at the last few weeks, obviously Goldborn's got two goals and, and you've seen Love start to take a couple of chances. So maybe there is a little bit of a, a relaxation really in how and where they can shoot from, from Ricketts and, 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 and try and create a few more chances and, and maybe a keeper spills it and a striker pops it in and just those little tweaks really, you never know. Yeah, no, I think I think it's probably his confidence is growing as well. Definitely. Um, but then, yeah, a couple of moments kind of to finish off the first half. It wasn't the, for a neutral, it wasn't probably the most entertaining game. Um, there was a pen <laughs> plane where the ball hit um, a um, Blackpool arm. Um, it did. And particularly Edwards was adamant um, that it was um, a handball. Um, mm-hmm. did you, how did you see it? I don't. I, it's it's interesting to compare them to the one that got given. Really, for me, the first one, yeah, it clearly does strike a hand. It looked, but it looks like he's got it sort of around his midriff. But Goldborn, I think it was who crossed it in, smashed it hard. To be fair, I don't really think his hand was out away from the body. So I can understand why we would claim for it and why Ricketts was saying, "Oh, I think we should have had one first off." Again, looking, I haven't seen a replay of it, so it might might be more blame. But on the day, I thought it was one of those ones where I'd probably be a bit miffed if it was given against us. Whereas one in the second half, I thought it was Stonewall, but um, and and it wasn't a case of things balancing out. I think maybe that the referee was probably aired on the side of caution with the first one and, and got the second one right. Really. Well, we'll come to the we'll come to the the, the second <laughs> yeah, one, uh, we will. the second half. But I'd say yeah, I think overall first half, um, Town defended really well. Kept, Fantastic. Um, yeah, kept Blackpool at bay to very little. And then I thought it was quite interesting that the Blackpool players are getting quite frustrated amongst themselves um, that the game wasn't going to plan, which for me, I think, is testament to how, how well um, Taryn defended and stopped them having chances. Yeah, and, and this is what we should hammer home. It, you know, we're not saying the defence did well. They were fucking fantastic, Ollie. Like, uh, you know, I'm really, really impressed with the performance level they put in week in, week out, to be honest with you. And when they get the job done like they do this this week, it, it, it really is something to just marvel at, to be honest. And, yeah. you know, we'll point out how well the top, the, the three centre-backs were, because they were imperious. But you have to look at Love and, and Goldborn as well and give them uh, oodles of credit for their defensive Walker work. Walker as well. You know? Walker made yeah. the most tackles in the game. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. He had a really good game as well. And, and as we as we will talk about as the game goes on, especially when it went ahead, that, that ability to defend as a team is something that's really fantastic as well. You know, it, it's something that we saw under Hurst, I suppose, when we were getting leads and felt a little bit like that. And, and we'll come to maybe the, the shape of it. But uh, yeah, I just have to say, I thought they were great. And we've not even really mentioned Max, but whenever he was called upon to do something, a couple of corners where he came out and just clawed it away, didn't he? He got one massive punch on one. You know, as a unit, they're, they're so hard to break down. And... The other thing I wanted to say was, you mentioned it during that half, Ollie, about how they were fluid and they moved around. This wasn't a poor strike unit. This was a good, physical, hard-working strike unit. And, and to again, to have kept them quiet, like we have done several teams this season, that, that again, is the, is, the, is the testament to me. That's that's the level we need to be performing at to, to kind of take ourselves forward, really. Yeah, definitely. Because, mm. yeah, Kai Kai's obviously... Well, Kai didn't start, but he scored four goals. No. Um, yeah. But the, their French striker, who I won't name, won't try to pronounce, he scored 11 <laughs> goals. It sounds uh, like Grandison. <laughs> in, uh, and we scored 11 goals. So, yeah, he's obviously a, a real threat. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, they've got some good players. Um, mm. So yeah, it was testament to how well we defended um, and yeah, obviously finished the half 0-0. And, and it's funny, we, we I should have said pre-match, it was quite funny. We, we were sitting by the press box, weren't we? And um, my little boy, we had, I bought a, a box of Maltesers pre-match and um, I said, we kind of know Lewis from doing the end of season podcast, don't we, with him? And I know Stuart Dunn through the way supporters and, and we know Ian Whitfield and some of the media guys up there from, from bits we've done with the club. So I said, go up and give the give the media guys some of your Maltesers. So he went round and he sort of gave a few of them Maltesers. Um, so we'd had a quick chat with them pre-match. But at half-time, Lewis was coming back up with his cup of coffee, Lewis Cox, stopped to have a chat with us, didn't he? And he was really buoyant, wasn't he? He was like, there's definitely, you know, definitely something here to, to be taken he was kind of on the same vibe as us it wasn't the most exciting first half but you know there was reason to believe that this is one of those games where we could nick a goal and, and, and go ahead and to win and to be fair to Lewis you know looking back on it now he was bang on wasn't he yeah no he definitely <laughs> was with his, his free pie which he was very trust about I think it was oh, the yeah. second of the game um, <laughs> so yeah it was good and um, in terms of yeah it, Lewis's prediction didn't start didn't like it was going to happen in the first few kicks of the game because no. they had that um, yeah, their French striker had um, a flying header and it hit the post yep, yep. Um, but after that there wasn't really many chances um, that they had which is quite remarkable considering what a good team they are and where they are in the league um, yeah that was probably their, their best their second best chance of the game and after that there wasn't too much to kind of talk about. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things I was thinking about on the way in was that we coughed up basically the two best chances of the game very early into both halves. It, it does make you wonder whether, you know, the best time to catch out this brilliant Shrewsbury Town defence is just after the start of a game where they might not be quite in their rhythm. Do you know what I mean? So I, I found that interesting because, they, you know, the one in the first minute and a half and, and obviously the one straight after the second half started were basically two of their better chances and they didn't really have very many other than that, did they? So, um, but yeah, it was it, it, completely right, Ollie. There, there was there was very little for them to sort of get excited about and the, the crowd really quietened down from Blackpool again as the second half went on and, you know, town, town grew into that second half a little bit. Again, wouldn't say it was the most expansive attacking performance ever, Ollie, was no. it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I think it's just maybe worth pointing at this point because after the game, there was a few, a few interesting little bits on Twitter, um, talking about like passing and and kind of a tenth, and we you know we didn't play football, anti football, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but we had nearly three hundred passes. Um, yeah. To put that into yeah. context, Wickham had one hundred and fifty one against Oxford. So yes, we are a very solid defensive team, but no way are we a team you know that doesn't want the ball. You know, Correct. at times yeah. we pass some really nice football. Um, Walker did some nice balls. We do play the ball, you know, we do get forward quite quickly and can be quite direct. Um, but at the times we do pay some nice one-twos and, and link up some play. So, yeah, while it wasn't the most entertaining game, obviously the pitch was a bit bobbly. Um, oh, yeah. You know, let's let's be let's be let's be balanced in our in our assessment of the game. Um, you know, we still had nearly three hundred passes, which which is a decent amount. Oh no, I'm I'm not condemning this performance. No, at all. no, not and, at all. I was just giving the context. Yeah. To... And and I think you're completely right there. And and, and you you look at the percentage stats. You know, it wasn't I think it was fairly even, wasn't it? No, I think it was a bit more it. like fifty nine to them or something like that. Oh, okay, maybe yeah. it was a bit worse than that. But, but but there were definitely periods of the game where we were comfortable on the ball, passing yeah. it around, and I'd suspect that the centre-backs probably got the most amount of passes in the game because there were times where we just were sort of rolling it around at the back trying to take the sting out of the game. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't think... I think it's very fair. If, if people are starting to peg us as this brutal you know, kick them off the park, anti-football team. That's such a misinterpretation of what we are. And, and funnily enough, I went on, Love Sport Radio have started calling me every Saturday night now because I went on a few weeks yeah. ago after one of the FA Cup games. And so they they do like a League One review. I think it must be between eight and nine because that's when they normally call. Um, and they always have a bit about Shrewsbury on there. So I've started going on there now. And, and there was a bit of a vibe from the guy that, you know, we were a bit like that on the radio last night. And I sort of had to put him right, really. And um was quite positive about the way we're approaching things and I think I've I maybe mentioned it on Twitter but to me it just it, you know this league this season there's going to be numerous ways to, to get the job done yeah. there's going to be the expansive attacking teams like we've talked about earlier and, and we're not going to be like that now we're going to have to we, we are we know what we are now and, and it's getting results and you can get behind it you know there is merit for me and enjoyment in, in, a, in a classic Shrewsbury Town gritty uh, prideful performance and I think that's what we're starting to see week in week out um, and, and that's it as yeah. a fan base let's get behind that if it's going to take us somewhere yeah and to add a bit of context to that as well just kind of back you up there Glenn in terms of fouls um, it, there was 17 fouls by Blackpool but an 18 by Shrewsbury so you know not a huge difference you know no, if you no. say one team was a lot dirtier than the other you'd expect that foul count to be quite when weighted um, to one team which which it wasn't there wasn't really any bad fouls in the game was there right off the top of my head no. that I can remember not really no it was quite a it was played at quite a competitive a of, spirit yeah there but, was a few yeah. a few um, odd moments which we'll come into in this later on in the second half but yeah quite <laughs> a few pushes and play, players went down quite easily I think it's fair to say yeah um, 
But yeah, I think it's fair to say. And then so yeah, let's get to the the, the, the highlight of the game. Um, so it was a free kick taken um, on a halfway. And when you watch it back, it's really funny because Ebanks Landel is literally on his own. The Blackpool have got their whole team back. Obviously, they bring back their big striker as well. Um, yeah. He kicks the ball forward, bay around the halfway line. He kind of just chips it into the box. And um, yeah, goes a, a, a Blackpool player makes connection and the referee calls for a penalty. Now, did you think it was a penalty? Yeah, I, I, said, I remember we said the day, his, his hand was up above his head and it, it looked like it took a clear deflection off it. So I, yeah, I it I'm not penalty. sure. I've watched it back quite a few times in, oh, really? in slow-mo as well. And it's really hard, but for me, it looks like he just bounced off the top of his head. Oh, really? So I don't oh, know whether God. this was the penalty claim in the first half coming into, into play. Um, but yeah, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't say with all certainty that it was definitely a penalty. Wow. Obviously, it was a penalty. And then Okinabiri put the ball down, coolly slots it away, and then raises his hands to his ears to mock the away fans and stands there for ages. Um, ended up with their goalkeeper pushing him, um, and then uh, mm. and then Pierre grabbed him and kind of pulled him back. But yeah, he, he, he <laughs> liked, I think he enjoyed that moment. But yeah, it's interesting that um, yeah, I haven't seen it. Obviously, Shrewsbury fans don't really care. <laughs> no one's really talked about no, that moment. No. But yeah, I, I could sense why um, the Blackpool fans might be a bit bit annoyed if if it wasn't a handball. That's one I will have to watch back. I say I, I watched some highlights, but again, when I watched the highlights first thing through, it was in my mind that it did it as Anne, so I wasn't looking at it maybe as much detail as you. But I say on the day, I thought it did. But the referee was pretty close, Ollie. So you've got to think he maybe had a good. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that's odd as well is that like four or five Blackpool players react in sheer disbelief, yeah, yeah, um, which always yeah. makes you wonder um, or, um, what happened. But anyway, doesn't matter. It was a penalty, first penalty of the season. It's been a, we've been waiting for one for quite a while. That's- Crazy, isn't yeah. it? Really, when you think about it, how long we've gone without a penalty. Particularly, as say we used to get more when Wally was playing more regularly, I suppose, because he would be jinking into the box yeah. and getting fouled, and he hasn't really played much this season, has he? So, and also we don't <laughs> we haven't done that much attacking in a lot of games this season, so maybe, maybe it is fair. But um, it was the penalty was straight down the middle, wasn't it? Keeper moved, if keeper and a moved, he would have definitely saved it. But he even got a leg onto it, it sort of ballooned up into the top of the net, and I've, you know you look at it back again on on the on the highlights, and Faye does cup his ears to the fans, doesn't he? But also Brad Walker, who's it? We played the other week when he was Macclesfield, wasn't yeah. it? Was, yeah, he did it again. He was there giving their fans a load of crap as well. So <laughs> that's a bit. Um, Brad Walker's got a bit of previous, isn't it? He? he started to become a bit of a. I don't know. I don't know what the word he for it is. It, but, let's um, play that way. <laughs> he enjoys it. Yeah, but yeah, why not? You know, that was. I think you know when they get that goal, they think bloody hell, this could be the one now we, with the way we defend, and if we can sit in and do what we've done in many games now, the belief is there, isn't it? They're in this good moment in terms of of being able to defend leads and. Um, yeah, the rest of this game was was kind of kind of classic Shrewsbury Town defending a lead, really. Yeah, no, it was it was a, a mm. good performance of the, um, for the rest of the half. Yeah, um, and the time the time seemed to tick down quite fast. It did. Um, so they got like nice big screens um, at Blackpool, and the time just kept like ebbing away. So we scored this goal on the fifty sixth minute. We took a bit of time to come back and all that. I'm sorry to get back for the we kicked off and all that kind of stuff as you normally do. Um, but yeah, there wasn't like meant too many clear cut chances after that. And there was a shot wide from Blackpool after pressure on us. But and then it's really funny, Kai Kai came on. And is that the worst free kick you've seen all season? This season, yeah, I've probably seen loads worse. <laughs> over but the it was years, it, in terms of it was like a rugby conversion. It really, <laughs> genuinely was, and that's not been any exaggeration. It, it was, was miles yeah. over. It was a terrible free kick, to be fair. And um, you, you always, whenever a bloody ex striker lines up against us, you always assume they're going to score. So it was quite nice to see that not happen. And um, one thing I did want to say to you, Ollie, is that you know why the time ticked down so quickly, don't you? Because we were winning, and you believe. Well, in the yeah, defense. there's that, and also because we were with a small eight-year-old boy <laughs> off his off his mind on skittles, which. I, I was utterly distracted by every thirty seconds because he was driving me crazy, poor lad. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what happens when you go to the football. And there's kids, a few other you? things to distract us as well because there was something <laughs> kicking off. Um, oh yeah, up, up behind us, wasn't there? You, I, didn't, I was kind of focusing on the game. You were trying to make sure Rory didn't kill himself running around. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> he was always running around down the front as well. Yeah, there was a bit of an altercation. I think it looked like it was between one of our town fans and um, maybe one of the Blackpool press guys was on the very back row because obviously. It looked to me, well, maybe it wasn't Blackpool. I don't know whether they put the Blackpool press somewhere else, but it wasn't one of the media guys I recognise. Um, but there was a little bit of pushing and shoving, and then there were stewards going up and down, wasn't there, and a bit of histrionics. But yeah, so yeah, it was a bit of a distraction. And um, there was a few things that happened in the second half as well that kind of ticked us along, wasn't there? Yeah. You know, the, the Kai Kai chance. Um, and there was, I think it was a corner that was yeah. headed wide by a, by a Blackpool centre-back, wasn't there, as well, that was pretty close. But then there was a moment which, like, oh. I, love the, I, love, I love the lad, and he's, he's a great servant to the club. <laughs> But by God, if he could finish, 
<laughs> oh man. So um, basically, a beautiful long ball f- um, over the top um, splits yeah, the central defenders, and Wally comes in on the box. He's like he's on the left hand side of the box, and he shapes up to try and shoot. The central defender comes flying in front of him and must have put him off, and he's literally in the six yard um, box, one on one with the keeper, with a defender come flying in, and. Mm. If he'd scored, that would have been two 0 and game over. But he missed. It's a woeful finish. I'm, yeah, you know, it was it's harsh to say it, but it was a woeful finish. And um, you wonder if he'd been in the team for the last eight nine weeks and was was flying, he probably could have scored, wouldn't he? But you know, he's slowly working his way into maybe his best form. So I give him a bit of a bit of credit on that. And and his overall performance was was good, wasn't it, Ollie? You know, when we needed to attack and break away and and kind of keep keep um keep Blackball at, at bay. He was good, but also he did sit in as he needed to as well in that second half and, and fulfilled that role as well. So, yeah, woeful finish, and it could easily have finished the game, and, and it probably would have been... <laughs> winning 2-0 would have felt like a little bit of robbery, but um, uh, but he missed it, unfortunately. But I, I can't criticise Wally this week. I thought he, he had a good shift. Yeah, he put in a, few, a good shift. And there's a couple of times it's, uh, when... Um, I remember, if you remember, if I noted that um, they would, Blackpool were going to counter-attack, and he yeah. absolutely pegged it to put pressure on the full, on the right full-back. Um, oh, yes. And basically to stop them playing, basically putting pressure on him, so he couldn't play a quick, quick pass, long pass to one of his colleagues. Um, and it was just that kind of little bit of desire to win, that little bit of desire to help your teammate out and to try and um, you know protect, protect to lead, uh, which mm. was that little bit of edge. There's few that it sounds sounds really little, but just that little bit of desire and that little bit of extra hard work. Um, you know that 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 attack potentially, you know, they could have had an opportunity to score from that. Do you know what I mean? In terms of yeah, the team worked really, really well, and they were really keen. Edwards happened quite a few times, busted a gut, um, to stop um stop them pushing forward. I think I think that's fair. I think we need to get this across to people who didn't go to the game. Is that the work rate in the middle third of the pitch in the second half, particularly after we went ahead? also deserves special credit away from how well the defenders did every single one of the midfielders we mentioned Laurent really but Walker as well if they got the ball and they were coming into our sort of just over the halfway line or even just beyond that they were on them they straight to them like a, at least one of them be there trying to force a mispass or make them play it quickly or you know closing and then, down the you know, angles closing stuff. down yeah exactly like that press was quite Good from our central midfielders, and it wasn't it wasn't just the central midfielders. It was Wally tucking in a little bit. It was Edwards tucking in a little bit. You know, it was even Faye getting goal side when he needed to, and and just doing enough. There was one chance where he chased back as well. And um, again, that's about defensive organisation when you're in the in the defensive you know positions. And and again, Ricketts has got them really well drilled. And it doesn't seem to matter who's playing. We've had all sorts of different players playing yeah. across all these games where we sat in. They know that role. They are trained in to a massively high level on it at the moment and it works and they know it and they know it works and you know if you we do feel like when we sit in like that the only way someone's going to score against us is smashing one in from 30 yeah. yards that Max can't read it, it really feels that solid yeah and there's a lot of faith in the in the players that they believe in the system um, yeah. and they believe in what they're doing it, in terms of faith and me I, I I think there's a bit of the part of the game the second half where I was just I just couldn't believe it. Where and the central defender pushed Faye in the back three times in front of the yeah. linesman. How was that? Like there was three fouls, and he pushed yeah. him aggressively in front of the linesman. Like literally, he was like he can't have been more than a, he was definitely within a meter of the linesman, and he didn't give it. It was just odd. No. So at this point, Faye was definitely the pantomime villain. Yeah, uh, booing him, and it was a bit odd. As if that was that was an odd decision, I thought, and that would have those little moments there would have helped, obviously. You know, and it did help because um, they did start then to give more fouls away. But for me, that was odd. I don't know why um, strikers don't get fouls or things like that. No, it was. It did feel a little bit like after the penalty that the referee very much. You can't say it was cheap, but it very much favoured Blackpool. Then they got a lot of free kicks after we scored. Yeah, um, and there was a lot of free kicks where we were like, a player had gone down. I was like, how is that not a free kick? Or yeah. you know, there was a couple of throw-ins even that looked a bit odd. And it did feel like the referee was. Wasn't trying to even it up, but he was just definitely shading them a little bit when it came to the 50-50 until, decisions, I thought. Until about the 88th minute, and then we started yeah, getting a couple yes. of fouls, which were just just beautiful because like you just everyone starts Killed cheering it. and they know, yeah, it's gonna take us two minutes to take each take each one. And and that's it. As I say, the game continued in that pattern then really. We were defending resolutely, heading everything away, you know. I don't think Max had too much to do in no, that last period because nothing. nothing got to him. And then like the poor her season, what did we do? 
we brought on the corner forward, Ollie, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he got to touch the ball, though, did he? That's a bit uh, he did a little bit down in the corner. There was a moment where ah. we were trying to kill it off right near the end, and he did the corner forward job. So I was like, this is this is weird. This is 2017 all over again. But, um, yeah, he, he came on and did his little bit of a job, didn't he, at the end as well. And, um, yeah, it, it does kind of give those hallmarks of, of those Hurst wins when we sort of ground out a 1-0 away from home. And um, that was it. I thought, we, I thought like we used to talk about in that Hurst season, actually, Ollie, we'd often come on and say, God, we did well in that last five minutes, didn't we, killing the game off? We did. I, I, I'm going to go back to what you say there. We did again. We, we were really good at keeping the ball actually up the field a lot in that last five minutes in injury time. Yeah. You know, and it, we were just kind of winning, as you said, from the 88th minute on a couple of free kicks, slowed it down. Adele came on and had a few good runs. And he was great. Yeah. yeah. He was really good when he came on, I thought, actually, the way he held the ball up. And um, yeah, another one that deserves a lot of credit, actually, for, for a performance off the bench. But um yeah, they they every single one of them worked worked their socks off in that last five ten minutes and um and, and thoroughly deserve the win. Yeah, no, definitely. So um yeah, we've I did quite a lot of recording um for you did chants and things like that at the game, which is great because all we were in front of all the the noise and obviously that's the perfect place to kind of pick up some audio. So we have got some new clips which we'll use. So yeah, yeah let's yeah. play in the full time whistle. So, Glenn, question for you. Did Salah limit Blackpool, or do you think it was potentially an off day for Blackpool? Ooh, good question, Ollie. I'm starting to find it, sometimes I'm starting to find it hard to judge teams off of one performance where we are so hard to break down, because, like, I guess they don't come across teams like that every week. You know, some teams will come and, and... maybe get out a little bit more particularly after they've you know let a goal in you know I suppose so I I find it really hard to judge I thought though they were decent I thought they were a good team and I could see why they're having a good season they were physical strong they were quite fluid in in the attacking moments like you said Um, midfielders look neat and tidy so I think that we limited them and we really did a good job on shutting them down and I I suspect they're going to be if we're running for the playoffs I suspect they're one of the teams that we're definitely going to be battling for those those places for yeah maybe even higher considering Ipswich don't seem to want to go up <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's shock, and maybe Wickham will start tailing off. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, yeah, the the automatic places are, are definitely up for grabs. Not I'm not saying for Shrewsbury, for, but for other teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if Blackpool are up there later on. Maybe they sign a couple of players as well. Um, in January. So yeah, interesting. So um, in terms of um, top three, who did you go for? Yeah, I couldn't look beyond the three centre backs, which is really harsh. And I'll, I'll run through them there, but I have just got to say, I, I found it really, really hard not to put Edwards in the top three. I thought, as a captain, as a leader, as his midfield performance, defensively and attacking, there was a lot to write home about Dave Edwards' performance, maybe up there in terms of one of the most disciplined performances I've seen for a very long time. Um, but I, I could not pick between the three centre backs that easy because they're all imperious, all absolutely rock solid the whole game. Um, so the only thing that shaded it really for me was that we, I gave Beckles number one purely because he came back into the team having been out for a while so it was his chance to settle down a little bit quicker really so um but there was really nothing between Beckles Ebanks and Pierre so I went Beckles first Ebanks second and Pierre third but you know they were all clearly my number one in the game Ollie yeah cool so I went for Pierre first um he, I thought for me just I think he just edged it in terms of um some of the headers and stuff and some of the yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. there's a few really I'm thinking of Beckles I can see why you put him first there's a few times where he did he really used his body to kind of oh, shield so the ball um, you know, going out for for cold kicks and things like that. Um, and then I thought Ebanks had a really, really solid game as well and obviously contributed to the penalty as well. So that was good. But then I think notable exceptions as well. You got to mention Walker. He had a really good yeah, game. He, did he, played well. some, yeah. he played the off ball, went a bit, bit astray, but he played some really nice passes. Edwards, as you've already ex- explained, but I thought Goldborn had a good shift as well. Another good performance from him. I can't can't disagree with that. And there was no one who had a, a a less than seven out of ten for me personally in terms of their discipline and their performance. And um, probably Walker's best game for Shrewsbury so far. Yeah, I definitely. might suspect in terms of. In I was really surprised anyway. to see him in the team, but um, he he mm. justified his his inclusion in the team, and he can be. I'm sure he's feeling very proud of himself of a, a good solid performance. It's funny because Lawrence has been head and shoulders the best player in the last month or so. We rarely, we didn't really mention him through no. that review, but we, we should just say talk about him really for everyone that's kind of interested in how he did. But again, you know, 
he show, him showing the discipline in his game in that situation is, is something to write home about just as much as his free scoring had been in the last few weeks and his attacking play. You know, he definitely is a an all-round midfielder, maybe more than I actually gave him credit for, Ollie. Yeah. No, it's really yeah. funny, um, Glenn. It just made me smile because um, I just thought, I'd, as you were talking there, I'd just quickly search um, Lewis Cox's match ratings and he's oh, okay. given no one less than a seven. So oh, well, I'm not he that. agrees yeah. with you as well. So yeah. it's quite funny. It's quite rare, I suspect, as yeah. well. So, yeah, it's good to see. Good performance. So, what did Sam Ricketts have to say? So, obviously, this is what he said. Obviously, I'm delighted with the three points. It's a really hard place to come. I was reading the match programme before the game, and it noted that they'd won seven of the last eight games, so we know we're going to be a hard place to come. Um, he said, you know, you need to defend, but you need to defend against one of the best forwards in the league who's on a good run. He's got height and power, and they tried an awful lot of balls into the box, which I think is why we went for those three central defenders, because he had a lot of balls to defend in England. Yes, um, yeah, definitely. And then an interesting comment um, at the end, um, so not when he was doing the Shropshire interview, but later on, he's saying how the Blackpool players are saying that we were horrible to play against and a good side. Um, so obviously that's quite testament to how, how hard um, it is to play against Shrewsbury and we don't give them give um, opposition teams much, much chance. Um, then Okinabiri, what did he say after the game? It's really funny. Uh, Ebanks called him while he was being interviewed by the press. I don't know if they were tr- trying to hurry him up to get on the coach or what. Um, I thought it was quite <laughs> funny. So he said, it was a good team performance. We had spells where we were under pressure, but spells where we played really well. Overall, as a team, we showed good, great character to get the result. In the end, we felt like we deserved it, so it was a good day. Um, and he said, you know, went on to say, we all know what we are capable of as a team. We just keep on going and focus on ourselves. We're in a good rhythm. As a group, we know what we're doing and we fight for each other. Um, and we just need to keep building on this. So, yeah, he was obviously really pleased. And, yeah, it was nice to see um, Okinabiri get a goal. I listen to both these interviews on the way home because you can get the BBC Sounds app yeah, on your... On, I've got CarPlay in my car, so yeah. I can kind of... Apple CarPlay. So I listen to the... And Okinabiri was brilliant. He really put a smile on my face. The positivity that exuded out of him through the radio, um, it's not something we hear from a lot of town players. You know, it was still quite a produced, clipped kind of interview, very, you know, some of the sort of stock answers and phrases you hear. But you could tell there was a genuine excitement and kind of positivity about listening to him and and the, the thing that picked up for me when I listened to him was the the phrase he said we were in a good we're in a good rhythm right now and that's exactly to me what I feel about Shrewsbury at the moment they've just clicked into their rhythm it might not necessarily be everything that every other team is but it's their rhythm it's their style it's their approach and they know they're bang on it at the moment and for me that's really exciting to hear because when confidence is up as much as it clearly is and they know what they're doing week in week out can take you a very very long way Ollie and um, you know we're going into Christmas now and we're looking forward to the, to the new year but things like that these little moments are things that I'm starting to get really excited about and, and wanting to see where it takes us yeah and it's, it's it's interesting you say that because um, if you for the fans um, I'd, I'd recommend you to have a look um, online and see a lot of the videos you'll see videos of the players celebrating and even the um, photo that accompanies um, Lewis Cox match rate player, player match rating there's a really nice photo of Walker and Lawrence celebrating the win with um, with um, O'Leary um, um, clapping O'Doy who's got um, Goss in his arms so there seems to be a real collective um, a good yep. spirit a bunch of the players um, and I think that's benefited by by the training ground and the setup we have. So yeah, we go into Boxing Day um, in a in a good spirit. And we did skip over it a little bit. The celebrations at the end, you know, the town fans were all absolutely buzzing. You yeah. know, it was a really good noise. But the celebrations by the players were interesting. Very very Stoke esque. You know, from from last season where they were really into it. You know, and and they knew it was a big win. With all the all the factors behind it getting a win away from home at a good team, not having one back-to-back games, grinding it out, making it difficult. And and you could just see they all came right over to the fans. And I think I did listen to Lewis Cox again on the radio on the way home, and I think he got it right again when he said that you could feel a building of a relationship between this team and the fans that maybe hasn't quite been there at all times this season. That's because a really of good the, point, that is. Yeah, because of the, the way the football's been and the negativity about how it's been. But... As we've always said, a few wins and looking up and and giving us something to believe in and dream in again about playoffs, man, it's massive, isn't it? It's massive for this team. It's massive for Ricketts, and I'm not I'm not going to pretend I'm not excited about it. You know, that, I think that's that's fair. I mean, we'll probably see loads of really boring games again, but if we nick the odd one one nil and and do the job, it'll keep that vibe and that positivity going. And um, yeah, I, I, that's where I'm at with it, Ollie. You yeah, know, people might not feel the same, but that's where I'm at. It's funny you mentioned the positivity because. You know, you know, Blackpool away before Christmas is a game that you don't necessarily, you know, you, you can find excuses not to go. 
Um, but I yes. went, obviously really chuffed that I went, and so did 500 other Shrewsbury Town fans, so it was a good following. And it just shows that, they, yeah, we're quietly just building something here at Shrewsbury. And, you know, we see, yeah. um, you know, um, podcasts that we've mentioned quite a few times, like D3D4 podcasts and a few other kind of outlets, just quietly mention Shrewsbury. Um, and we, they, we, they did give us quite favourable predictions at the start of the season. And we've just, under underneath the radar, just plugging away, which is quite nice. Yep, it is. It is. All right, we'll, we'll, we will leave it there. Yeah. I say, one of the best away days uh, for me under Ricketts. It was a bloody good day all yeah. in all. And um, thoroughly good way to start my Christmas period yeah. so yeah happy days we're on our way we'll move on to Sam News well, what a revelation Shrewsbury have been full of ideas full of confidence and a lot of football the Boyers caught a 10 minutes cool so um, you know we don't do it every week but let's just have a look around the, around the league table um, so Shrewsbury yes. 11th um, Portsmouth ahead of us Fleetwood 9th um, and then Oxford from there, they beat Wickham 1-0, which is a result I have to say I enjoyed. And they took them <laughs> into the playoffs. Um, so they're they're just ahead of us. So we've got 31 points. Oxford are in sixth in the in the, 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 the lowest playoff place with 33 points. And then Peterborough are second. have got 36 points. So we're only five points off second. Um, and then there was a bit of a gap. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I'm, not, I'm, just meant, I'm, not, I'm just saying this facts. Um, it's true, yeah. Um, it's facts. And um, yeah, um, Wickham are first with a 43 points. Um, interest, a few interesting results. Um, so um, Bolton came back from being behind to beat Southend. Um, Gillingham beat MK Dons. I think MK Dons are going to go down, you know. Um, and Gillingham have a solid season with yeah. us as well. They're, they're just behind us. And then a few other notable results. So it's interesting that um, Portsmouth beat Ipswich 1-0. Um, and yeah, Tramway Mickey Mellon got a 1-0 victory at home to Wimbledon. Mm, and Bolton won, didn't they, for the first first time over? I think, well, not the first time, but they, they're they like really close to catching Southend and they yeah. beat Southend 3-2, didn't they? So obviously we've got them coming up soon. It'd be not ideal to lose to them. That would really no. put a dent in my positivity, to be honest with exactly. you, Ollie. Um, so what <laughs> so, happened in the predictions? Uh, we both got it wrong, didn't we? Yeah, we both went for a draw, didn't we? I think looking at it again, yeah, I went for one-one. You went for two-two. So uh, yeah, we weren't positive enough, were we? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're, we're going to obviously look at our Boxing Day game for this next pod, and we'll have a chat at the end of this pod about when we might do some more podcasts, won't we, Ollie? In a minute, but um, yeah, they've they've been on a bit of a of an interesting run recently, haven't they? In terms of their results, um, yeah, not great in all honesty. No, they're only one point ahead of us. Um, but yep. what's what's their last three league results been like, Glenn? Yeah, so they drew at home 2-2 to Fleetwood, and Fleetwood are obviously having a decent season, so that could possibly have been expected, but they only drew 2-2 away at Southend, who were absolutely garbage. So it shows they can obviously score, but what what their defence must be doing to let two in against Southend, I don't know. Having said that, they, they scored three against us, didn't they, Ollie? Yeah. So you shouldn't really mock them too much. Um, and then, yes, on uh, the 7th, which is I've gone in reverse order here, but yeah, going back to the third game previously played, um, they lost 1-0 at home to Rochdale. So... Definitely something to get out here. Yeah. It's really surprising because, you know, we always see, obviously, Rotherham, you know, have those championship money and been in the championship, um, you know, two of the the last um, four years. Um, So, yeah, they're obviously a a good side. Um, But, yeah, the results are not so good. So, yeah, we're going to this game definitely thinking we can get something. Um, Yeah. What's what's your prediction um, for this one? I predict a big crowd, big Boxing Day crowd. I predict positivity. I predict everybody getting behind the town. I predict a one-one draw. A one-all draw. <laughs> yeah, after all that positivity, I think it'll end up being a, a very hard fought game. I, we, we probably won't lose, but um, yeah, I think that uh, if we win three in a row, that hasn't happened for a long time, so that'd be fantastic. But I take that after the results we've had recently, a one-one draw against Rotherham uh, would be fantastic. Cool. I'm, I'm going to go for a two-one win. Yes. I'm going to think. Lad. Yeah, I've just, I don't know. I've just got a feeling Boxing Day. Um, their results, I think it's their results that have tipped it my way, that way into yeah, a 2-1 yeah. win. And yeah, if we win three games in a row, that would just be absolutely superb. Uh, yeah, it'll have to be... I don't reckon we won three games in a row since Paul Hurst was at the football club. Yeah, you'd have in to have look into that if, we, if it happens. There's no, there's no way. And it probably would have been like... You know, even mid-season in that season after after it was the last time we won three games. So that's a couple of years ago, isn't it? Really, if you think about it. So I'll be good. It'd be good to do that. Good monkey to get off our back and a real signal that we're rear for business. And I'll have to. We'll have to do a podcast every every few every few hours. I'll be getting too excited like it was in the in the her season. So there we go. Um. So yeah, good predictions. Hopefully, you know, we're not going to lose. So that'd be fantastic. But I say they beat us four 0 at home earlier in the season. Yeah. So you know, anything anything better than that would be fine. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, we've got something to announce. Um, Indeed. And we decided, we discussed it, how we were going to announce this. And we decided that we wanted to reward the guys that kind of listen to the podcast every week 
and listen to those, especially those guys that listen, you know, as soon as it comes out. Yeah. So we have very, very exciting um, to announce <laughs> that we interviewed Dave Edwards this week at the Unreal. Meadow. So what did we cover? So we covered his youth football. We covered signing for Salop. We talked about the last days at the Meadow and the conference season, um, playing in League Two um, under under Peters, um, and then leaving Salop. Um, and then we also discussed a little bit of his time away from the club, but then we also discussed about when he came back. Um, Glyn, you asked about the red card at Bristol Rovers. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I also asked him about if Joe Hart's coming back, so yeah. you'll have to listen to that answer exactly. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think with things better to say, we really enjoyed it. Um, Glyn's edited it already, and you've listened to it back. Um, and I think it's better to say, you're the guys, you're really going to enjoy this, because um, Dave Edwards is really gives some real details um, and really opens up and yeah, gives hopefully, yeah. What, we hope, well, hopefully what you think is a, a really fun interview. So yeah, that's going to come out on Christmas Eve. Um, and yeah, hopefully, um, we said to him a little bit of a joke that he's, you know, our highest listened to podcast is the Brian Cordwell one. And it's the same, hopefully we can, yeah, we can break that with this, this interview. So yeah, it comes out on Christmas Eve. Um, and we hope you guys really enjoy it. I have to say, David was an absolute gentleman, wasn't he, yeah. to be fair? And, and that'll come across in the podcast. And the, the best thing about it was that I've read his book like most town fans have. And I wanted to kind of bring out in the interview some more details because obviously a lot of his books about whales and, and wolves. And, you know, for example, he, he sort of skims over the Gary Peters era in a couple of paragraphs. And there's so much there that town fans would be interested to, to know about from that period. And I think we really tried, I, I read reread his book at the Chapters on Shrewsbury again. And we put some questions together to try and really drill down into a bit more about it. And he was honestly, and frank about a lot of things and we won't, won't, don't want to give too much away because it is really good listen but um, yeah some of the things he had to say about the playoff final and, and the last game at the game Edo um, obviously the contract situation with Gary Peters it was all really fascinating stuff um, but also I left that interview Ollie which has led into this podcast uh, he was so positive about the future and what's going on at this club as well and, and you know for anyone that wants a boost about where we think we might be going certainly give a listen to Dave at the end of that interview because um, it's fantastic to hear and, and great I say great for a local lad and great for it to be our first player interview I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to be anyone else really no it was really nice to yeah have that first player on the podcast so yeah that's, yeah. that's fantastic so yeah um i'll, I'll enjoy listening back to that again because <laughs> virtually, virtually the whole podcast is um dave talking um a huge Mostly, portion yeah. of it is, is dave talking so that's so that's fantastic so um talking of podcasts we'll be back we haven't quite decided yet have we going either it'll be the sunday after the bolton game um, or maybe yeah. the monday when we record our next regular pod Depends if one of us has been out drinking over Christmas and one of those days. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely be doing one following the, one of the next two games, really, to cover those yeah. off. Um, um, and so worth got... mentioning as well, we're also doing um, uh, something with Lewis Cox and Mark Elliott as well, aren't we, on Beers of Shropshire over Christmas as well. Yeah, so the 27th. Yeah, yeah, in the afternoon we are going to be doing a sort of halfway review with with Mark and and and, and Lewis on on where the club's at and what's been going on this season. And so if we won another game, God, it will be <laughs> <laughs> the airwaves will be buzzing. I can tell you that for a fact. But um, yeah, so lots of content to come. And as I say, Dave on Christmas Eve, um, that can be your Christmas gift. It's going to be our Christmas special, isn't yeah. it, with the, the Dave Edwards interview? So um, we postponed a, a bit of the team of the decade work that we've been doing um, back for a, a few weeks, and we might do that into the new year. But we'll definitely bring you that content. And um, yeah, we'll be back covering the games and i don't know it's good i'm just a couple of days away from christmas now ollie i'm I'm loving life mate (laughs) so yeah merry christmas everyone hope you have a nice a nice um yeah a nice christmas and yeah we'll be back back after the bolton game merry christmas and a happy new year (laughs) 